Good morning. Welcome to Canterbury Gardens Community Church. Um, if you have your Bibles, if you could press slide or turn to Matthew 28, verses 16 and 20. If you don't have a Bible, it's up here on the screen. Um, and if you don't actually own a Bible, if you don't have a physical copy, um, they're actually up here. They're a gift to you. Uh, we'd love for you to grab it. Um, we at Canterbury Gardens believe in the Bible, not just as a book that's a, seen as a historical book. We believe it's literal. We believe it's real. Uh, we believe it's life-giving. And uh, these words are in Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. It says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they had saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy, and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Heavenly Father, we pray as we continue this time of worship to hear from your word. The Holy Spirit, that you would speak to all of us wherever we're at. For those of us who are still doubting, um, pray that this will be another time that you will reveal more of yourself. For those of us who know you, that this will be a time of encouragement and a reminder. I pray that you would give us uh, the courage to hear and listen and to act in what you're saying for your glory. In Jesus' name. Well, this morning, in a few minutes, you're about to see four people go outside and they're going to climb into a spa and they're going to get dunked into water and they need to hold their breath for four minutes and then it's official no, it's that, that's not what we do, if you're wondering. Uh, we never do that. But I've got to be honest with you, if you think about it, it is fairly strange. It's a weird thing to look at. Now, you may be in three camps when you think about it. One, uh, firstly, you might think it's a bit weird. Uh, I'm just here to support the people that are doing this uh, thing this morning. I've driven down a long driveway in this building. They feel like a cult already. They're hidden away in the middle of suburbia. I'm not really sure what I'm in for. For some of us, we have uh, heard about this. We uh, believe in Jesus and we've seen baptism. And then we see people step up and we hear them share about their story. And we think things like, oh, I could never get there. They must be so super spiritual. They must know the whole Bible. And maybe some of us are in the camp thinking, oh, here we go. This is the guilt time. This is when the pastor gets up and he looks down at me and I feel guilty because I haven't been baptized yet, so I better go talk to him afterwards and get baptized. But friends, see, in the short verses that you see up here on the screen and hopefully you heard, um, there is something much more greater going on, something far more beautiful, far more awesome. See, baptism is far more than just some sort of religious action. Baptism actually points to one of the most glorious and most beautiful and wonderful realities that has ever happened in human history. A reality brought out by, through the life, death, and physical, literal resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know where you sit when it comes to the Christian faith, and I don't know what your worldview is and what you believe, but this is what we believe as Christians. We believe that this world was created by God for God. 
And in this world, he placed human beings to look after, but also to be under his loving, gracious authority. And temptation comes in. Temptation says, no, you can be your own God. You can do your own thing. You don't need the creator of the universe. And so we fall into that temptation. And not just the people that were fell into the temptation first, but all of us since then. Every heart, every heart has been corrupted with this cancerous seed, this disease. As Christians, we call it sin. Now, sin is much more than the odd swear word here and there. Ultimately, it's a hard attitude to say to God, no thanks, man, I've got this. You're not in charge. I'm in charge. So God says, okay, see how you go with that. We can look in the world and see very clearly what has happened when humans have taken control. But there's also a deep thing. All of us have this vacuum in us that we're trying to fill with everything else except God. And some may even be good things, but ultimately they don't fully, 100% satisfy the deep desires of our soul. Because that true space was set aside for Jesus Christ. But see, God could totally leave it there. And you'd be thinking, oh my goodness, I came to be encouraged and here's this guy telling me it's all bad. Glad I got out of bed this morning. I see God in his good grace, God is so gracious, he's so loving, pursues rebellious people, individuals and sends Jesus Christ, his son. And Jesus becomes the perfect example. He actually comes into this world, he lives a total life in a total 100% obedience to his father to the point that he actually goes to the cross and dies in your place and my place. He dies. But like I said, it didn't end there. He was raised physically again on the third day. And this death and this resurrection pays something. It brings in a wonderful, beautiful reality. You and I can have a relationship with the creator of the universe. But in order to do that, we need to recognize a few things. First, we need to realize where we stand in relation to Jesus. In the verses I just read in verse 18, it says, Jesus says, all authority has been given into him. He's saying, look, I'm in charge. I am the boss. I am the good God. I am God over all things. All authority has been given to him. And now he calls everyone to come under that loving authority. And we do this by recognizing our sin. And by asking forgiveness and asking Jesus to come into our hearts. And then he comes and takes his rightful place on the throne of our hearts in our lives. But it doesn't end there. See, the verses continue in verse 19. And then in light of that, he then sends people out. He sends people out who believe in him to go and invite other people into this new kingdom. The kingdom where he is the loving ruler. See, this morning, Kim, Dale, Tali, and Rachel are publicly displaying to you, to all of us here, that their lives don't belong to them anymore. That their lives belong to Jesus and they follow him. That day or that moment or that journey when Jesus revealed himself to them, they said yes. They said yes to his loving authority on their lives. But they also realized it wasn't about them trying to get to some sort of super spiritual level or outdo God by all the good works. You cannot outdo God. 
It was all and utterly by Jesus' merits. And so they realize that, and that's what they're doing this morning. It's confessing that publicly. That's also the reality even for us today. That means that now, because they're disciples, all of these guys who are getting baptized this morning, they represent Jesus, and now they're being sent out to their schools, to their homes, to their workplaces, to uni, to represent Jesus. And they are going out to then invite people to follow Jesus. Maybe this morning uh, someone invited you. And maybe you are similar to the disciples here who are still doubting. You're a bit unsure about all of this stuff. Can I encourage you? to hear that Jesus is also calling you and he's inviting you into a relationship with him. He's imploring you because he has actually died for you. You can try to outdo God with good works. You can try to outdo God in any way, but you can't because there's a heart issue that Jesus is the only one who can truly fix that. And if you have more questions, can I encourage you, maybe chat to the guys who are getting baptized today next time you hang out with them or come and chat to any of us pastors here. Come and chat to anyone here at this church. We want to introduce you to Jesus. Because if you follow him, your life will be radically changed. Now, uh, some of you uh, totally get Jesus. You, you, you grew up in this church, maybe. You even gave your life to Jesus. But somehow you've sort of fallen into the trap thinking that you need to now live just a holy, perfect life and then eventually you get to a spiritual level, then you get baptized. Jesus says in these verses, go and make disciples. He doesn't say to them, go and make disciples. And then once they've learned the whole Bible, they've memorized everything, they're involved in youth group, they're actually involved in ministry, then you can baptize them. He literally says to them, go and make disciples and baptize them. So if you know Jesus, if he is your Lord and Savior, what are you waiting for? Can I encourage you that don't make this another Sunday that you walk away. Come and chat to us pastors. We'd love to encourage you in that. And for some of us, we have forgotten who we are. Maybe you did ask Jesus into your life. Maybe you even got baptized and you remember that day. But for some reason, you have lost your identity. From the, more, from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep, everything is telling you who, what your real identity is. From the clothes you wear, the music you listen to, the TV shows that you watch, they're all telling you this is who you are. But if you truly believe in Jesus, and you've made that statement of faith in your heart, and maybe you've even been baptized, you actually are now a disciple of Jesus. Your identity has changed. You're not your own. You're a follower first. And in light of that, Jesus also calls you now. Go and make disciples of your families, your workmates, your classmates. Go and tell them about the good news that changed you. Go and make disciples. I look forward to the day here at Canterbury Gardens that um, when people have gone into relationship with their friends and families and they're talking about Jesus, I look forward to the day that you will be maybe baptizing someone in that baptismal pool because you're taking these verses seriously. And finally, Dale, Rachel, 
Talian Kim. This morning, as you publicly declare that your life belongs to Jesus, that you are a follower of Jesus, and as you head into this week, you'll be filled with great joy. But that moment may come where that joy may turn into trial, or that joy may go into sadness or challenges or whatever life may bring before you. Remember first, you are a child of God. That God absolutely adores you and loves you. You are his son. You are his daughter. Not in your own merits because of the merits of Jesus. So rest in that. And the other thing is, Jesus said, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You are not going into this world alone. Jesus is there with you and will always be with you. Whether it's in the high peaks of joy or in the pits of trial and challenge. That is the saviour that you are now publicly declaring. And we praise God for that. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you for this morning. We want to thank you what we're about to hear, these stories of your transforming grace in the lives of these men and women. We pray for those of us who are still doubting. Reveal more of yourself to us. For those of us who have got a few more questions, help us to... Uh, have those questions answered through your spirit, through your word. And for those of us who are sort of unsure and we're waiting to somehow get to some spiritual level, challenge us again. That is only in your merits. Help us to be obedient. And for all of us who call you Lord and Savior, grant us grace to be disciples who go out and proclaim this good news. We pray this in your good name. Amen. Thanks, John. So what we're going to do now is, uh, one by one, Kim, uh, where's Kim? Kim's going to come uh, first uh, uh, with Kaz. And so Kim's going to tell us a little bit about uh, what Jesus has been doing in her life. And then uh, Kaz is going to share a verse or a thought uh, for Kim this morning at this special time uh, for her as well. Thanks. Morning, everyone. Um, For those of you I haven't met, my name's Kim. Uh, You've probably seen me around. I haven't seen you. I'm very fortunate to have been blessed with the gift of blindness. I don't have to stand here and look at you all as I talk to you. And there's my testimony. Um, (laughs) No, look, I'm very fortunate to have grown up in the church, being exposed to churches and being taught Christian values. Um, And I guess for that reason, I thought that I had a pretty good measure of of what Christianity was all about. I had to learn the hard way that my interpretation of it was quite wrong growing up, but I thought I knew what it meant. And I was quite happy to go to church on Sunday and do what I believed to be the acceptable Christian things, perhaps not really understanding what it all meant. My interpretation of it as a young child was that I had to be perfect and I did everything that I possibly could to do that. Whether it was I'd have a go at someone who swore at the footy or whatever I I did, I wanted to be perfect to show that I was a daughter of God. At the age of about eight, I decided that I wanted to be baptised. And in my, reason, in my view, there was no reason why I couldn't. I, I thought that I understood Christianity. I was probably as religiously trained as anyone. Like I said, I was quite happy to go to Sunday school and pray, recite Bible verses, sing songs at the top of my lungs, all of those things. My parents at the time felt that I was too young to be baptised and didn't like them for that much. Um, but 
looking back now, it was the best thing, one of the best things they could have done for me um, in a lot of ways. It was one of the most significant challenges I have encountered throughout my Christian journey. Back then, it meant be good, be the best behaved that I can possibly be so my mum and dad can see that I'm ready. Now, looking back, I know that it was a challenge to understand what, the, what this declaration actually meant and I was never going to understand that until I was prepared to open my heart to that. And I know today that I've long been ready to stand here before my family and friends and the members of my congregation in public declaration of my faith in Jesus as my Lord and Saviour and willingness to walk with him in full understanding of the consequences and the implications of that decision. And I'm so excited to be here doing this today and have so many here to pe people here to support me in that. The next few years were a real test of faith, particularly as I entered my teenagehood. Um, I grappled with the normal teen teenage challenges of um, exploring my identity, some bullying at school and some really hard times. And I did at school have a lot of positive religious influences, um, most of whom were staff members who'd known me from church previously. But my attitude just wasn't right. I was still open to the idea. I was happy to talk about the Bible and, and talk about God, but I was very bitter. Life sucked. Why me? Why did I have to go through all this? It wasn't fair. And I questioned why I believed in someone when life was in this when life was so difficult I couldn't comprehend it I had a lot of questions and I've always regretted that I I never asked those questions because there were a lot of people around me who would have supported and encouraged me as I encountered these challenges and looking back and and one thing that I've learned coming here is that they're challenges that all Christians encounter I'm not really sure what brought about the change in me um, I often heard a lot of stories about faith displayed by others. I saw a lot of people in my own life who were an example of what Christianity was, I thought. But as I said, my teenage years and my early adulthood have been really challenging and I saw no way out. And just out of the blue one day I said to a friend who I'm very fond of and who supported me a long way through high school, I want to go to church. And she said, all right, I'll take you. And we came here and I've been coming here ever since. I've been at church here since the start of this year. I can't explain the joy I felt when I finally opened my heart to the scriptures for the first time. Easter Sunday, a story that I've heard a million times before and I sat here listening to a sermon being given and I thought, I get this. It was the best feeling in the world and Looking back as someone who was cynical and full of questions, I realised that the only question was, am I ready to ask Jesus into my life? And I finally knew the answer. <clears throat> um, okay, getting emotional wasn't part of the deal. <laughs> there have been a lot of significant moments. I can't go through all of them because uh, they're very strict on their time limits here. <laughs> Just as well. Um, but I do want to conclude by talking about a piece of scripture that has really touched me. And I, I uh, spent a lot of time reflecting 
on what I wanted to talk about here in my testimony today, and I kept coming back to the story of the prodigal son. Again, it's a pretty common story in the Bible. A lot of people have heard of the story of the prodigal son. Growing up, I loved that story. It was a good story. But a little while ago, I was flicking through my Bible and I came to the story of the prodigal son, and there are a couple of things about it that really became apparent to me. The first of those things was how this story applies to me in my own Christian life. I am the prodigal son. I was happy to take the good things in life, not really acknowledging where they came from with all the wrong ideas of who my heavenly father actually was and run away from God. The second thing that was really obvious to me and has really stood out to me since is that in that story, Jesus gives us a picture of God through the Father. The Father has been wronged, but he's forgiving, he's loving. He never loses hope that his son will return. And I know that through my years of challenge, God has been waiting for me with open arms ready to teach me and to transform me into his disciple. I have had to learn, and it is hard to learn, that there is nothing we can do with our sins despite all of our attempts to be perfect and the best people we can be. We will always fall short. And I've had to learn that the only way I can deal with these sins is to bring them before Christ, to repent. And when I asked him into my life to accept the forgiveness that came with that, I've been blessed with that amazing forgiveness in my own life and I will always be grateful for that. Thank you. Hi, I'm Kaz and I have the joy and privilege of hanging out with Kim at Small Group and what we have seen, anyone who's been hanging out with Kim has seen the amazing transformation that's occurred in her life over the past year. She, <laughs> that sounds terrible to say she came to us a shriveled up mess. That's not quite the case, but she, <laughs> she, came, she came to us in a, in a state that was um, quite looking upon herself and trying to work things out and questioning and everything. And the amazing difference that has occurred in her life in the past several months has just been a real joy to see and we praise God for it. I've just got a verse to leave with Kim and with you as well. This is a prayer from Ephesians in chapter 3. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Uh, just um, something for you too, Kim, just a certificate, but also uh, something that uh, is an, out of an audio Bible, which I think is going to be uh, great for you too on, on Judges too. So thanks for sharing it with us this morning. Thank you. 
Rachel Betts we've known for a long, 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 long time. We love Rachel and she's going to come and share now. I think Matt uh, is going to come and uh, offer something as well alongside her. Hello. Um, yeah, you, a lot of you probably do know me. Um, I have written pages and pages about what I would say and I've been sick in my head uh, with like anxiety this week so I can't think so this is just spirit talking let's just see what comes out um, I have been a good Christian like you you know it and I've I've led a lot of you at youth group um, uh, uh, Bible studies I've done the CYC camps like I've done the thing um, and yet it still was trying and trying and trying. Um, and so uh, when I went to Europe to visit uh, Cam and Laura um, over there, I kind of, these questions I'd been asking for ages, God allowed me to breathe and actually ask them because I'd been tranquilizing myself with scripture for so long of, oh, I can't ask these questions because... Um, this verse and Jesus allowed me to be honest with him he can take it um, and you know I was over there and it's like I'm with these missionaries but I'm like in Europe like, you know Europe's like tourist place like this is like two worlds how do I stand in the middle and be comfortable with both and not feel guilty for like spending money on souvenirs but I'm with missionaries who are living on donations and how does this work and I came back and um a week later, um, God <laughs> uh, showed up and I uh, kind of uh, was born again over about five days um, and people have told me not to use those words, um, but it really was. Um, and God putting um, baptism on my heart was him validating my experience and saying, yeah, something's happened and I I value your experience Rach I want to hear it he listens um, and yeah so there's been a few differences I was like yeah before I feared mental illness and now um, you know I don't and I didn't and then this week happened so I'm you know I'm in the process of becoming too it's like a now and not yet right um, but mm, I'm, you know, like I've always, I've looked down on people for like not attending church and I've looked down, and you know, like the the um, Christian worship songs are um, great and, and anything else is kind of, it's good, like, you know, it's good music, but it's less than ideal, kind of. And I've been able to worship, you know, I've been worshipping him to Mumford and Sons and U2 and, um, and ABBA and uh, New Empire and I can stand in that space now and not, um, not this is sacred time and this is not. Because when God showed up and called Moses, he, it was dirt beforehand, right? Like that was not a sacred space. And then God shows up and the space is sacred. And he's been showing up in my life 
other places than Sunday. Like, I don't fear Monday now, people's. That is an exciting thing. This is life to the full. Um, um, yeah, uh, like um, emotions. I, you know, before I was limited to, we smile because God is good. And I smiled, and, you know, I smiled a lot at youth group, like welcoming people. I got it. I got it down pat. But Jesus didn't just smile. Like, he was angry, and he got kicked out of towns, and he wept. He didn't just cry, he wept. And um, I don't know, all I know is before, um, the only emotion inappropriate here and for God was smiling, and now I have been uh, infuriated (laughs) um, at what satan does to people and and i have wept for other people i've had i caught up with a friend who goes to a church in this area and she um was telling me about how um her parents don't understand her health stuff and um you know have been kind of forced to go to church and can't be honest with her family in that way and and Jesus says, welcome. He says, follow me. He doesn't say, are you going to be at church on time? Are you going to shush at the right times? Are you going to change this and this and this? He doesn't say change. He, he, it, he demands it, his love, but he just says, follow. Um, and so, yeah, I am just following and uh yeah this week has definitely shown me that (laughs) i was like oh yeah get up and tell people how things are different you know i want you to know that there's a difference and then my health just went spastic um so i don't the difference isn't me you know like i have read this i have done the thing i have done you know like quiet time in the morning and reading your bible through the week and i read this and it did not fix me jesus did and I know that sounds like it's splitting hairs, but there was such a difference. Um, it's full of beauty and, and him, but it's, it's this picture of should. I, I remember, um, I think at BSF, Mrs. Sally saying that, um, you know, you've got the commandments and you've got like, these are the fruits of the spirit and this is what the picture is. And it said, this is what it should be, but it never says try, like it just said, it just expects you to do and to be and um so i'm learning to stop trying and just um be safe cuz salvation means safe right i i don't know i've read i've heard that and i i i like that um yeah so yeah there's a difference and yeah Woo-hoo. Hi, um, my name is Alana. I have had the privilege of walking with this wonderful human being for the past few years. Um, She has been a wonderful source of support for me. Um, I live quite a far way away and so we don't always get to see each other. Um, The verse that I would like to share with Rachel today Um, is actually one of my favorite verses. Um, It's from Hebrews, and it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, 
Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so you will not grow weary and lose heart. I'm so proud of you. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name's Matt. I've known Rach for a long time and love her family and you guys as well as her family. Um, I'm really challenged, and, and I was sitting here thinking, oh, what am I going to say to support you know, someone who's crazy as Rach? Um, <laughs> you know, there, there's really power, a great power in simple obedience to Jesus. And I guess the voice that I would like to share with Rach and with me and with all of you is in John 10, 27, where Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, they recognize it, I know them, and they follow me. We make it complicated. Listen, <laughs> obey. Be courageous, be crazy, that's okay. Trust that Jesus is in control and he will bring all things together. We love Rachel. We don't always get everything. <laughs> but Rachel, I totally, totally get where you're, where you're at, mate. Uh, it's been a journey. It's, it's almost like once I was blind, but now I see. Uh, as I stand here Actually, listening to Actually, I was saying like it's like putting on glasses and I was like spending the week like reon reorientating. Mm. It was nuts. That's great. We will continue to pray uh, for you over this time uh, too, mate, as you really establish yourself in Christ. So thanks for sharing with us. Thanks, mate. Dale Cabassi is an uh, interesting young man. Where are you, Dale? Bring your wife up too, mate. Where's uh, Dale? Dale um, was at a baby dedication quite a while back with a little bloke called Ryan. And his wife, Sarah, uh, who's a Christian, wanted to bring up little Ryan in God's ways. And at that time, uh, Dale was not a Christian. And I remember when we uh, were talking before the dedication and, and he said, look, I, I think there's a, a God, I just don't quite get it all. And as we talked, I remember saying to him on that day, I don't think we're far away from this whole thing, uh, Dale. And uh, just recently, <clears throat> um, Sarah, I was chatting to Sarah and said, I'd love to catch up with you guys, I've had you on my mind. And I, she said, what's that about? I said, I don't know. She said, I think it's Dale. He mentioned that he wants to be baptised. And I went, does he know what that means? She said, I think he does. And uh, we went round and spoke uh, together. And uh, Dale is a brand spanking new Christian. He belongs to Jesus. And so this morning's a little bit nervous, of course, but he wants to, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's been fun being in the household. And uh, even with little Charlotte, too, has been excited about what's going on. And Sarah, too, as she sees her husband uh, transforming into the likeness of Christ, uh, too. So it's going to be uh, wonderful. So, Dale, tell us your stuff, mate. Okay, I'm not very good at speeches, so I'm, I'll try and keep this as brief as I possibly can. My name is Dale, and today I've made an important decision in my life, and that is to be baptised, representing my faith in God and to give my life over to the Lord Jesus Christ. However, before I do that, I'd like to tell you a little bit about myself and my journey, which has brought me here before you today. Unfortunately, I didn't have a normal upbringing that most people had gotten. I was born into a family of domestic violence and the things that I had experienced and seen as a child was tough. I didn't understand much about God at the time and I didn't until recent years and I'm still learning. But I now know that as the Lord 
is the reason why I'm here today. The reason my mother was given such strength, courage and determination to remove us children from a horrible situation, to overcome such fear and give us a better life. I am so thankful for all God has provided me with. I'm happily married with a beautiful wife and two healthy children. For those who don't know, I'm also a member of Victoria Police, giving me the opportunity to help others and support our growing community. Just like to read a couple of scriptures as well. Once again, bear with me, I haven't got my glasses today. John 13, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me, sorry, no one comes to the Father except through me. I suppose what, what does that all really mean to me? Better yet, what does this book mean to me? It just represents truth, faith. I don't know everything. I'm still trying to learn. With the help from everyone, I'm sure I can get there. I'm truly repentant for my sins and I have faith in Jesus. And I'm here today to give my life to Jesus Christ. Thank you. Yes, we both wrote things down last night. Everyone else was so good at it, they just said it. Um, so I'm Sarah, Dale's wife. Um, almost eight years ago, I prayed to God for about a year and a half uh, that I would find a man that would be a strong Christian that would protect me and be someone I could lean on. And here we all are today. I believe my prayers were answered a long time ago, but you are all here today to witness that actually come to life. So there you go. <laughs> um, I have a couple of things. I was just flicking through the Bible last night and the heading guidance for the young slapped me in the face and I was like okay I'll just read this so here it goes uh, from Proverbs my son do not forget my law but let your heart keep my commands for length of the days and long life and peace they will add to you let not mercy and truth forsake you blind them around your neck write them on the tablet of your heart and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Uh, this is... Can I sneak in here? This is a... <laughs> this is an exciting story and, and one of the things that um, both Sarah and, and Dale, as we uh, chatted a, a week or so ago... One of the things that um, I think the eyes lit up with both of these guys is that the life that there has been prior to this in regards to the difficult life that Dale has had, we're talking about how God in his mercy has broken that. And that there is now uh, an opportunity uh, for uh, Dale as a, a man of God who belongs to Jesus to actually bring his children up in God's ways and what a remarkable thing God has done in his mercy by uh, saving Dale and providing a husband that uh, Sarah so wanted and so needed and his children needed uh, too. And as he said, he doesn't know nothing yet. All he knows is that Christ died for him at the cross, taking his sin. There was nothing he could do with it. 
And yet now here, we understand repentance, though we die, we understand what God has done. And so we know that the cycle has been broken through God's mercy. So I'm going to hug him first. (laughs) And the bad news is I think it's a small print Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, mate. I'll I'll remember my glasses. Oh, did you? Okay, good on you guys. Fantastic. <laughs> Natalia Reed is somebody that we know well. Her parents are not here because there are about 10,000 Ks in some direction uh, in Zambia. Uh, but Talia, who we uh, love and, and watch grow up as a kid and then disappear into Africa, is going to uh, share with us now. She's belonged to the Lord for a while, and today is a, a time of discipline, a time of obedience to God as she um, is baptized. Thanks, Talia. Hi, um, my name is Tali, Um, and as John said, I grew up in a very, very, very Christian environment. I went to very conservative Christian schools, and so I felt like my life was saturated with God and Christianity. And out of this, looking back, I think two things really came from this. One, I knew a lot about God and the Bible, or I thought I did, and Two, I thought that my life was just fine. I thought that I'd, I had it all good. I was a pretty good kid, I think, and I knew that Jesus died for my sins, but I didn't really think that anything personal or any decision was necessary. In about year eight, um, I reluctantly went to a Bible study and a random comment from one of the leaders Um, just asking people what Jesus meant to them kind of opened my eyes to the fact that Jesus didn't mean anything to me and that kind of bothered me and with a bit of a look at the people around me I saw that I didn't have the same relationship with God that they did after many months of fighting with my pride and with God, I finally came to realise that I wasn't good enough by myself and that I actually did need Jesus to save me. Once I put my pride down and accepted that his love was without condition and that I couldn't earn it, he came into my heart and he's been there ever since and it was the biggest and best decision that I've ever made. However, the three years since then have probably been the hardest of my life. Um, I feel like we've moved a bazillion times and changed cultures about twice that many. And for most of the time, especially last year, I really struggled with how to actively live out that first decision to give my life to God? How am I supposed to live like God is now my Lord? And that I didn't really understand how that would work. And it kind of made itself evident in a lot of ways. Last year was especially tough um, as I struggled with an eating disorder for a while and felt really trapped in that. And although 
that came out of many different causes. At the root, it was me rejecting God and ignoring the love that he was trying to show me and I was trying to be the boss and do my own thing again. And it obviously didn't work. Um, it's a pretty major example, but you know, I had to learn that I'm not actually qualified to run my life. I get myself into a huge mess when I try. And eventually God got through to me through his spirit and some very good friends and reminded me again that I'm, I don't have to be trapped by my sin. I don't have to continue in that cycle of pain because he has conquered that and I don't have to conquer it, which is good because I can't. And he reminded me again that his, his power is actually what brings the freedom from sin. And this is probably the hardest part of doing life with God for me um, because I like being the boss. I like making my own decisions and being in control. Um, and I struggle with how to submit to God in every part of my life. How do I bring God into every single decision that I make? Um, and he's been teaching me that it's a process. And that's also something I don't like. I like achievements. But unfortunately, it's not, it's not something you can achieve. You have to just keep going because I mess up a lot. But obeying him and trusting him and loving him is a process and it's something that you have to get better at but something that you will never be perfect at until we're made perfect in him. And that's kind of why I want to get baptised because it's not just Jesus loving the sinner anymore because over time he's been teaching me how to love him back and I want to get baptised because I love him for what he's done for me. I don't want to obey him by doing this, but also because by publicly declaring that he's my Lord, I'm putting him first and I'm kind of stamping the document that says I'm not in charge anymore, it's Jesus. And I want people to see by looking at my life that it's not mine anymore and that I've given it to Jesus. Thank you. Uh, it's so backwards, isn't it? It's so backwards for the world. We want control all the time, and yet the freedom there is in giving control over to the one who made us is amazing. The world doesn't understand that. If you're here this morning, you're hearing these stories, you need to be seeking out Jesus because he is seeking you. If you're here this morning, there's no accident that you are here. It's a wonderful thing and I thank uh, all four uh, for sharing this morning and also for the Dashwoods too for bringing along little Lila so that we could uh, have that as well. Just as we finish, um, there is a video that's been sent by Mum and Dad. Uh, May have power together with all God's people to really grasp and understand how wide, how long, how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to really know for your own experience this all-encompassing love which far surpasses mere knowledge. 
I pray that you may grasp and understand and know Christ's love, in order that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. That is, that you may have the richest measure of divine presence and become a person wholly filled and flooded with God himself. This is my prayer for you. Hi, Tony. I thought of sharing Psalm 45, verses 10 and 11 with you. And they say, Listen, O daughter, consider and give ear. Forget your people and your father's house. The king is enthralled by your beauty. Honour him, for he is your lord. But perhaps the wedding psalm is not quite the thing today. And that makes me think about how Christians should clothe themselves. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Verse 13 talks about forgiveness, and verse 14 goes on to say, Over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. By being baptised today, you are publicly proclaiming yourself to be one of God's chosen people. These verses tell you how that should be lived out. I want you to listen, my precious daughter. Consider and give in. Uh, what a blessing to hear from uh, Rachel and Richard. And what a blessing it is that um, God in our sinfulness has chosen us and has allowed us to come to him, the one true sovereign God, through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And no longer does God look at us as us, he looks at us through Jesus. And because we've been forgiven, we're free and we're in his eternal family. What we're going to do, folks, we're going to, those that need to get changed, you're going to get changed. Uh, if you have a child here, please don't go out and enjoy the baptism and say, oh, I wonder where the kid went to. Go and grab the kid first, bring the kid up so that the children can enjoy this as well. So in about five minutes' time, we're going to baptise out here. So those that need to get changed, do that. The rest of you, if you go out and go out that way and spread around a little bit so there's plenty of room for everybody to see.